0: Yep, I definitely have some catching up to do because the New Jersey Devils were able to come out victorious in their previous game against the Vancouver Canucks. And when this episode goes live, they're going to have a game against the Edmonton Oilers. What are my thoughts going into the game? And what are my previous thoughts from the last game against Vancouver? We have a lot to talk about. Once again, I have some catching up to do. So buckle up, everybody. You're locked on Devils. Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Steven stepped on, nailed got the shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Delzard for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. My apologies for not posting an episode yesterday. Unfortunately, after the game, I did have some work to take care of i had some obligations that came up at the last possible second don't worry everything is fine and now i'm back so let's make the month of november great so when this episode goes live the new jersey devils will be playing the edmonton oilers but since i'm recording this on an off day i figured i might as well recap the game so that way we could talk about some stuff that the new jersey devils can utilize going into our big matchup against the edmonton oilers now This is going to be a very exciting game, but at the same time, this is going to be another challenge for the New Jersey Devils. But it's worth mentioning the Pacific Division, not really that tough a division, and there's just so much that the New Jersey Devils were able to do against the Vancouver Canucks that won't really fly by against a team like the Edmonton Oilers. Calgary Flames are pretty middle of the pack, so it's give or take, but that's a little later on in the episode. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. Right here, right now. So they are currently on a four-game win streak and they've won seven of their last eight. So Jack Hughes was able to get the best of his older brother, but we do need to start off with some pregame notes. And I think a lot of people know where I'm heading in this direction. We need to talk about Andre Pilat and his overall situation and how this affects the New Jersey Devils. Now, it was revealed that Andre Pilat got surgery to repair a groin. So He's going to be sidelined for a significant amount of time. How long is he going to be out? The New Jersey Devils did not give a timeline because they don't have enough information to reveal in that regard. But if I had to make an educated guess, I'd say Andre Palat's going to be out anywhere from a month to a month and a half. At the very most, if he does have some issues with the overall recovery process, then he could be out of commission for two months now. Here's the thing about Andre Pilat. Obviously the New Jersey Devils, like I just mentioned are on a four game win streak, but all four of those games, Andre Pilat did not suit up for the New Jersey Devils. So his overall production is replaceable. It's not like we're losing Nico Kiescher. It's not like we're losing Jack Hughes or Jesper Bratt or one of our goalies. So while Andre Polat is very valuable to the New Jersey Devils roster, it's, it's actually quite inter- interesting because his overall production is replaceable. Like I just said, now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's just like the New Jersey Devils have a lot of good players that are stepping up their overall game. So we saw Nico Heischer. He was able to have a good game once again against Vancouver Canucks. Jack Hughes is returning to becoming a point-per-game player. Jesper Brack continues his hot start to the season, and he was actually one of the NHL's top three stars. He was ranked number two last week. So we see the overall climb of some of these players. We're also seeing the good production from other players, including like John Marino on the defensive side of things. Dougie Hamilton seems to be a good quarterback for New Jersey Devils. So the main thing we're going to miss from Andre Pilat is his leadership. Now, I know when I talk about Andre Palat and leadership, it's somewhat controversial, but at the same time, guys, here's what you cannot deny. Andre Pilat is a leader on the team. Now, I did make a mistake and say that he is the leader of the New Jersey Devils, and I regret how I worded that. So Let me just give you guys that rundown once again. Andre Pilat was brought to help lead the New Jersey Devils because for the past couple years, we were one of the youngest teams in the NHL. In fact, we still are, but we were able to go up a a few positions higher. Getting someone like Andre Pilat is a good glue piece because no disrespect to Nico Heischer, no disrespect to Jack Hughes, no disrespect to Jesper Brad, no disrespect to Dougie Hamilton, no disrespect to anyone who is a very good contributor for the New Jersey Devils, like I just mentioned. But the fact of the matter is this. Andre Palat has been around the block a couple of times. He has a lot of experience in this league. And uh, it's like last year, P.K. Subban was one of the leaders for New Jersey Devils. And his tenure with the New Jersey Devils wasn't really all that long. He only played for three years, but... P.K. Subban, prior to coming to the New Jersey Devils, he was a Norris Trophy winner. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's had a lengthy career. He's well-known outside the hockey world. And for Andre Pallott, he's actually won something. So that's what we're going to miss most from Andre Pallott, which is when the New Jersey Devils go on a slump, who's going to be that X factor to get us out the gutter? Like, God forbid, because the New Jersey Devils are playing so well right now. But remember the first two games of the year in which the New Jersey Devils lost to the Philadelphia Flyers and also the Detroit Red Wings? Who was that person who stepped up his overall game, said, come climb on my shoulders and let's get back on track because he heard that his coach was on the hot seat. It was Andre Palat. So that's, I think, what we're going to miss most from Andre Palat is just his locker room presence. Now, Nico Kiescher is the leader of this team. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. I said in the last episode, nobody knows this team better than Nico Kiescher, but Andre Palat is still a, a leader of the team. He's one of the leaders. He's not the leader. And he also brings something to the team that unfortunately Nico Heischer can't bring quite yet. He's close, but not quite there because Nico Heischer, he's been in the league for like five or six years. Coming into this season, he had already suited up in 300 NHL games. But Andre Palat, he's been playing for a long time in the Tampa Bay Lightning organization, has actually won something. And that's just what he brings by default. And it's something that the New Jersey Devils have been missing ever since Taylor Hall left. So that's what we're going to miss most from Andre Palat once again. Just the leadership. He is one of the leaders of this team. I will die on that hill. But he is not the leader. And he brings that overall experience by default. But in terms of his overall production, it's solid. Nothing spectacular. I felt as though maybe he could have a career year since he would be a higher focal point in terms of the overall game strategy since He is now going to be one of the better players on the team. So that's what I was projecting for Andre Palat. But obviously, since he's going to be sidelined for a significant amount of time, I don't think those expectations are any realistic right now. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But overall, the point is, Andre Palat is going to be out for an extended period of time. Now, let's talk about this game for New Jersey Devils. Now, let's be honest. Out of their seven wins this season, Their game against the Vancouver Canucks was not the most exciting in the world. In fact, it was very, very slow in period number one. Even though the New Jersey Devils were able to muster up two goals and go into the locker room in the first intermission with the lead, you can't deny the New Jersey Devils just looked a little slow. They looked a little lethargic. It just seemed like they weren't really running and gunning. It seemed like that they were getting a little lucky. We saw some defensive lapses and poor old Mackenzie Blackwood who's trying to hold on to his starting position. He already has to make a few grade A saves uh, uh, compared to VTech Vanacek. Vanacek had to wait until like at least period number three or late in the second period before he had to basically play Superman. But right out the gate, Mackenzie Blackwood had to say, okay, I'm not going to let the Vancouver Canucks score and make this a one to nothing game. And we'll talk about Mackenzie Blackwood and his overall situation with the team a little later on the episode. But the point is New Jersey Devils didn't get off to a good start. But there were still some positive takeaways to discuss in period number one. The first being, Nico Heischer was able to get a power play goal. Now, the power play has actually been very good for New Jersey Devils compared to last year. So Nick Cahill actually acknowledged this on Twitter. He said, Devils power play is hitting at 22% to start the season. The Panthers are hitting at 9% so far. And last season, they were at 24%. The common denominator, Andrew Burnett. So talked about during the course of the offseason when Andrew Burnett came on to take on Mark Recchi's position, I said, I think the New Jersey Devils will get much better in special teams. And even though their overall game planning was good and their execution still needed some work, I'm glad that like seven seconds into the power play, Nico Heischer was able to score. And I think that was the New Jersey Devils' first shot on goal uh, to begin the game because Nico Heischer got that power play goal after five or so minutes to begin the game. So... That's one way to get your first shot on goal, and it's a power play goal, and it didn't take too long for New Jersey Devils to capitalize on a power play, but getting the assist, Jesper Bratt, and also the secondary assist, Jack Hughes. Now, I just talked about Hughes, Bratt, and Heesher not too long ago, so let's talk about Jesper Bratt. At that moment, he tied Tim Higgins' record with a 10-game point streak to start the season, so that didn't take long for Jesper Bratt to rack up a point, so now he is one game away. And it's going to come against the Edmonton Oilers, hopefully, to try to break that franchise record to get a point in 11 straight games to start the season. So let's see if Jesper Bratt can do that. Jesper Bratt bet on himself during the course of the offseason. And so far, it's panning out really well. And I think the whole league is starting to notice how uh, effective Jesper Bratt could be. And then for Jack Hughes, they acknowledge this on air. And I'm seeing it right before my eyes. I think you guys are seeing it for yourselves Jack Hughes is returning to becoming a point-per-game player because between him, Keesher, and Brat, you know, Hughes, he got off to somewhat of a slow start to the season. It just seemed like he was being a little too sloppy with the puck. It seemed like he was just being a little too flashy. But his worst is still better than most people's best. So in 10-game appearances... Jack Hughes has four goals, six assists for a grand total of 10 points. He was able to get the empty netter goal. And I thought that was pretty funny that he did it right in the face of his older brother, Quinn. So he put the dagger in the hearts of Vancouver and no brotherly love right there in the spirit of competition. So this game, it it, it took a while for it to get going. And I don't think the game started to really kick into a different gear for the New Jersey Devils until the second period when Miles Wood got into it with Luke Shen. So I think that's where uh, the Devils really started to just get that energy. And I love that Miles Wood got into it with a few Canucks players, but at the same time, he did get his butt kicked. So I think a lot of Devils players, and they said it during the course of their intermission interviews, they said that that interaction and just basically Miles Wood sticking up for one of his teammates is just like that's why they wanted to uh, just – kick it into a different gear and just try to put their foot on the gas pedal. That basically was their kicker. That was their booster. And after that, the New Jersey Devils went back to playing their brand of hockey, which is running and gunning and just trying to tire out their opponent. Now here's the thing. I know it's a Western Canadian trip. I know you're going to be a little tired and Ken Danico said it on air saying that he noticed that the New Jersey Devils were a little slow to begin the game and he did say since they're traveling, they're trying to get used to the time shift and all that. That was to be expected. It's better to do it against a team like the Vancouver Canucks because a couple of episodes ago, I said the Vancouver Canucks were sixth in the Pacific Division. So if they if the Devils were not going to not play their best brand of hockey during this road trip, the Vancouver Canucks were probably the best team to do it against. And then uh, you don't want to do it against the Edmonton Oilers because when you're playing against the best player ever for the time being – it's just like they're going to expose you in more ways than one. And then for the Calgary Flames, I respect the Calgary Flames, but let's face it, they're pretty middle of the pack in my eyes for right now. But I'm sure they're going to get it going as the season progresses. But I'm hoping that the New Jersey Devils can extend their win streak against the Edmonton Oilers. And since they recently beat the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, I think they can do it uh, once again. I, I have no doubt in my mind that the New Jersey Devils are in this matchup against the Edmonton Oilers are definitely going to come out with some sort of sense of purpose because you have to if you want to come out with the win. So you don't have to score five or so goals. That was proven when they, once again, beat the Colorado Avalanche one to nothing. Just capitalize on one opportunity that you're given, and that's all you really need. But at the same time, don't give your opponent too many opportunities to try to come back into the game. And we saw this, once again, when the New Jersey Devils went into the penalty kill because – Bo Horvat was able to get two power play goals in this game for the Vancouver Canucks and cut the lead in half to four to two. Now, I get that. It seemed like the New Jersey Devils were most likely going to win the game, barring any uh, catastrophic debacle or collapse, whatever the case might be. But you still don't want to give any team some sort of life. So that that was sort of the life for the Vancouver Canucks because they were the first team to score in period number three and so Horvat was able to get a goal to end period number two and then he got another power play goal to begin period number three so you don't want to give the Vancouver Canucks any sort of life especially when you have them in a position that you want them so that's my overall thing for New Jersey Devils moving forward against a team like the Edmonton Oilers if they want to try to extend their win streak and continue to play a great brand of hockey. Now. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at Online. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting and football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest, easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Go Phillies, by the way, in the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile advice to learn more about the transaction, online where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Lockdown Best for all your betting needs there as well. Now, I know that I've already touched on the snafu that Miles Wood had with Luke Shen that resulted in, let's face it, Miles Wood getting his butt kicked. But if you guys were confused of the overall penalty situation like a lot of people were on uh, Devils Twitter. Then uh, to clear it up, once again, Nick Cahill tweeted out what the circumstance was. He said to clear up the penalty fiasco, Wood has 2 plus 5 plus 10 for an instigator. Shen, a major for fighting and a 10-minute misconduct. And Dakota Joshua gets a game misconduct for third man in if you just need some clarity as to what the situation was a couple games ago i get that it didn't really come back to bite us but it was a, still a good spark for the new jersey devils to have and that's why i love miles wood i want miles wood to continue to do that i don't care if you win the fight i don't care if you lose the fight bring that energy and now let's talk about our bottom six bring the energy so yegor sharon govich and dawson mercer were both able to score in this game for the devils and that was actually great to see because In our previous matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets, our third line was pretty much the only line to play no sort of factor in the win. So I wanted to see them come out with some sort of just vengeance, if you would. So Dawson Mercer was able to get a shorthanded goal, and the Devils were able to go up 3-0 in period number two. That's what I like to see during the course of our special teams. It wasn't the perfect outing because, like I said, we gave up two power play goals, but at the same time, the Devils were able to get one power play goal themselves in the one opportunity that they had, and they capitalized on it very quickly thanks to Nico Kishert. and then they were able to get a shorthanded goal thanks to Dawson Mercer, and it was a beautiful pass from Yegor Sharon Govich. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to bash on the New Jersey Devils in that regard. I'm just saying, like, it, it, it was pretty solid, so I would give it a B in that regards, but you can't give up – or maybe a B minus. You, you can't give up two power play goals and then uh, just – Shift that energy to your opponent, but luckily it's the Vancouver Canucks and they're not really all that good. So I knew that wasn't really going to come back to bite the New Jersey Devils in that regards And now, when talking about Yegor Sharon Govich's goal, yes, Sharon Govich's goal was beautiful. Yes, Bokwa set him up pretty nice and located him very well. But I want to talk about John Marino basically being a quarterback out there for new jersey devils so one thing that i talk about john marino is that what he does doesn't usually show up in the score sheet but when he is able to do something that shows up in the score sheet trust me it does not go unnoticed he was trending on twitter actually for his overall just knowledge of the game being able to locate Boquist, and then Boquist was able to quickly pass it over to Sharon Govich for that electrifying goal. So John Marino was a great addition for New Jersey Devils. If you need some reference, 10 game appearances, John Marino has a plus minus of plus eight. So you know when he's out there, he is definitely making a huge impact for New Jersey Devils. But like I said, sometimes it's not going to go noticed. but he is leading the team along with Ryan Graves for the highest plus minus on the roster with a plus minus of plus eight once again so John Marino great addition once again for Tom Fitzgerald and he continues to just play a game of chess out there because remember we gave up Ty Smith for John Marino so thank you Pittsburgh Penguins in that regards and thank you for not utilizing John Marino the best to your ability because one man's trash is another man's treasure or in the case of Ty Smith one man's trash is another man's trash So once again, great energy right there from our bottom six. And let's give credit where credit is due for our BMW line of Michael McLeod, Miles Wood, and Nathan Bastion, because Michael McLeod was able to score in this game and find the back of the net. Great setup by Bastion in that regards. And also Wood was credited with an assist. So my overall thing is like that line is out there to bring some sort of energy. And you know what? They've been actually doing a pretty decent job. According to Christy Flannery of the Hockey Riders, she said the New Jersey Devils BMW line that consists of Nathan Bastian, Michael McLeod and Miles Wood have combined for nine points, three goals, six assists since October 24th. All three have a goal over the last five games. So once again, our bottom six making a pretty big impact in this matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. And that's great momentum because you need all hands on deck in this regards because there's no I in team. I know that sounds like a cliche, but we can't be too top-heavy because one of the issues I had last year for New Jersey Devils is that they were a little too top-heavy, relied too much on Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, and also Nico Heischer. Try to spread it out a little bit more so we could get some solid contribution up and down the lineup. So in this game, it was just a story of the bottom six, and it was their night to shine. I'm glad that the third line was able to rebound quite nicely since the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, since that was a game that we absolutely put the hammer down on columbus but unfortunately that line didn't play much of a factor okay so to wrap up this show let's talk about Mackenzie blackwood so this was intended for Mackenzie blackwood to get the start against the vancouver canucks just because he has a good history against the canucks but here's the thing that bill spaulding and also ken danico acknowledged on air and i have to agree with them in this regards if mckenzie blackwood had a poor outing like if the new jersey devils lost in this game then that starting spot is going to go to Van Vanacek. No questions about it, no ands, ifs, or buts. And the 1A, 1B situation would just be over at that point, and Vanacek would be our guy moving forward. But Mackenzie Blackwood, I think he was able to have a solid outing in between the pipes. Now, here's the thing. I know the Vancouver Canucks didn't reach 25 shots on goal because in the previous episode, I talked about how the New Jersey Devils have not allowed no more than 25 shots on goal the entirety of this season. Vancouver Canucks were kind of threatening, especially in period number one. But I think for what he was given, because the defense in front of Blackwood just wasn't as effective as it was in front of Vitek Vanacek the last couple of games. Because if you guys recall, Vitek Vanacek literally spoke to Amanda Sign saying, like, what he does when he's bored or when the action is on the other side of the rink, because one thing I've been raving about the New Jersey devils is that they've been keeping the puck in their offensive zone for an extended period of time. That's why they're able to beat the a team like the Columbus blue jackets seven to one. But this game was a little bit different because we saw sloppy puck control. We saw not good execution. We saw people like Brendan Smith and Damon Severson make a couple of boneheaded plays. We saw a two on one breakout. Luckily John Marino was able to break it up. We saw an open breakaway opportunity. We didn't give Mackenzie Blackwood any help. We didn't give him a fair shake at it. Now, And this is what I want to discuss in the final segment of today's episode, which is why do people say that I'm drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to Mackenzie Blackwood and his overall situation? Because a lot of people have written Mackenzie Blackwood off, but during the course of the offseason, I said I have not given up on Mackenzie Blackwood. Now, if we did find a better goalie, then I had no problem with Mackenzie Blackwood being moved to the bench. But here's the thing, guys, and I'll talk about it once again to give you guys a refresher, which is, Mackenzie Blackwood, while his overall play isn't perfect, I'm not going to say he's been lights out these past couple of seasons. I am going to say is that we haven't really been giving him a fair opportunity It's the same situation that we did uh, for Corey Schneider that really ruined his career, which is we relied on him too much. We didn't give him some help. So when you have to play him so much, he's more prone to injury. When he re-aggravated his ankle, Mackenzie Blackwood was pissed at the organization and rightfully so because they basically set him up for failure. This partnership is a two way street and the New Jersey Devils didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. And Mackenzie Blackwood has to also hold up his end of the bargain because I'll hold Mackenzie Blackwood accountable. So my thing is like, that's the reason why I haven't given up on Mackenzie Blackwood because I feel as though we haven't really given him a fair shake. We haven't given him a fair chance. And now since this season is all about has our goaltending improved, they're the huge X factors moving forward. I'm glad that Vitek Vancheck is definitely off to a good start to the season. The thing I say about VTech Vanacek is that he's still relatively young. He's been in the league for only a few years, and I'm not just trying to, you know, uh, dump a whole bunch onto him, especially in his first season with the New Jersey Devils. Now, Vitek Vanacek has been doing one hell of a job in between the pipes, but the thing is, is that I just don't want to thrust him into a big role I just want him to ease into it for right now. And I just believe Mackenzie Blackwood just hasn't been given a fair chance at things. That's my overall thought process, which is I am not opposed to Vitek Vanacek being the starting goalie. In fact, if he does become the full-time starter for New Jersey Devils, I'm not going to complain about it whatsoever. But I just don't want you guys to write off Mackenzie Blackwood because while these these last couple seasons haven't been the best on him, it's a two-way street in this partnership. So I want Mackenzie Blackwood to do well, but the front office, the coaching, has to also do better for the sake of Mackenzie Blackwood. And let's not forget, Mackenzie Blackwood was one of the three stars of the week for the NHL not too long ago. Are people already forgetting about that? I get that it was against lowly teams, but he still did a good job in between the pipes. And that game against the Washington Capitals, yeah, it wasn't his best outing, but – I wouldn't put all the blame on Mackenzie Blackwood. And I know a lot of people are going to go back to that episode and say, yes, you do. Well, you know, like I said, I could be wrong at times. But Mackenzie Blackwood, I'm sure uh, he, he definitely played a big part in that loss for Washington Capitals. But there, there were a few instances where the defense didn't really help him in that regard. So that's my overall thing. I haven't lost faith in Mackenzie Blackwood. I'm not saying he should be the starter. I'm just saying let's not write him off this early. Similar to Lindy Ruff. So, Let's compare the overall stats and then I will give you guys my overall letter grade. So, shots on goal differential 37 to 23 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. Face off percentage 58%, 42% in favor of the Devils. Power play. Devils have scored a power play goal in four straight games. They were one for one. Vancouver Canucks were two for five. But remember, the Devils had a shorthanded goal thanks to Dawson Mercer. Hits 22 to 14 in favor of the Vancouver Canucks. Blocks 17 to 11 in favor of the New Jersey Devils and giveaways. Vancouver Canucks led in that department five to three. So if I had to give a letter grade for New Jersey Devils, I will give them a B minus because they were very sloppy to to begin the game. It wasn't their best brand of hockey. If I'm being completely honest, if the New Jersey Devils were down in period number one, I wouldn't be surprised because the Vancouver Canucks were able to outshoot them and the Devils were playing a little sloppy. So I'm not saying it that because the Devils play bad. I'm just saying that I know they could do better because we've seen them do better, but not every win is a pretty win. So if I had to give a letter grade, once again, that's a B-. So let me know what you guys think about the New Jersey Devils and their overall matchup against the Edmonton Oilers and their last game against the Vancouver Canucks. As for today's episode, that's the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.